Hey, how's life? This is Minister Joanne Williams from Grace on Display Ministries. Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. Learn how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I certainly hope that you are rejoicing as well. We are continuing our series, The Preserving Grace of God, coming from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. The amazing story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three young men defying the mighty king Nebuchadnezzar. They were thrown into a fiery furnace. The account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego provides believers today with strong and lasting lessons. For their refusal to obey the king's decree to bow down to the idol, three charges were brought against them. They paid no heed to the king and his commands. They did not serve the king's gods and they refused to worship the golden statue the king himself had set up. The penalty for their actions was death. Their response to the king was profound. Their response was, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And this is from Daniel chapter 3, verses 15 through 18. We can't be but astonished by their faith in the one true God. At the very outset, their response in the moment of trial confirmed three things. Their unswerving conviction to the God of the Bible their confidence in the God who is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. Won't he do it? And their faith as revealed by their reliance upon the only one who had the power to deliver them from evil. That was the third one, faith. So their acknowledgement of God over the world's most powerful king resulted in God's supreme power being revealed to unbelievers. Their faith demonstrates that God is able to deliver us from our own problems and trials. You better know it. God is able. God is able to deliver. As believers, we know that God is able to deliver. However, we also know that he does not always do so. Romans chapter 5 tells us that God may allow trials and difficulties in our lives to do what? Build our character, strengthen our faith, or there may be some other reasons that are even unknown to us. We may not always understand the purpose of our trials, but God simply asks that we trust him, even when it's not easy. Job endured incredible pain, almost insurmountable agony, 
and suffering, but he was still able to say, Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. Job chapter 13, verse 15. Nebuchadnezzar, he was astonished that the fire did not consume Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I bet you he was. He was astonished because I know I would have been. He was even more amazed when he saw not three men, but a fourth person with them. I know he was like, look, hey, y'all, check this out. Oh, my God. What? You know, stop looking. Listen, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the image of the fourth is like the son of God. Daniel chapter three, verse 25. The point here is that when we walk by faith, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 7, there may be those times of fiery persecution, but we can be assured that he is with us. He will sustain us. He will deliver us. He will save us. So the threat of death by fire was designed to transfer their worship from the true God to a false one who in effect represented their spiritual enemy, Satan. The fiery trials many of us have faced and will face in life have a similar purpose. They're designed to either move our worship away from God or destroy us in the process. But that was certainly not the extent of his grace in their lives. It was only the beginning. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, throughout life's journey, throughout our life's journey, his abundant preserving grace has kept us thus far. Through every difficulty and every pain-filled experience, his keeping grace is a reality for which we can never adequately thank him. When I think of the word preserve, you know, we, when we think about God's preserving grace, I think of the word preserve. And when I think of the word preserve, I think of several things. I think of Psalms 91. I think of Psalms 121. And I think of my grandmother's fruit preserves. My grandma used to make preserves. Even as a young adult, I understood to some extent that God could and would keep me safe and watch over me. I remember when my husband used to work the graveyard shift and I would be at home alone and every little noise and creak would have me up all night worried that somebody was going to break in while I was asleep. So Psalms 91 became a favorite passage to soothe away my wild imaginations on those long ago nights. Verse 11 was my favorite. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands. Oh, I love that. Over and over, I pictured angels forming a protective circle around our house. Looking back, I'm so thankful that I learned early in life that his grace was a keeping grace and that he was preserving me. Oh, how he has preserved me. Oh, how he has kept me. Oh, his grace wondrous grace 
Countless times in the years that followed, I've been comforted and sustained by that knowledge. The words of the psalmist again brought peace and reminded me of my Heavenly Father's preserving grace. Psalms 121 became my strength, especially these phrases. He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord shall keep thee. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Wow. Once again, his amazing preserving grace. Meditating on God's preserving grace reminds me of my grandmother's, oh man, sumptuous uh, fig, peach, and preserved pears. What I would give, boy, to taste one of her fluffy homemade biscuits made from scratch full of those sweet just-cooked preserves and butter. Ah, that was good eating, y'all. Good eating in the neighborhood. She spent so many hours in a stifling hot kitchen carefully following her unwritten recipe. The process required a hot fire. And the work was slow and tedious. Life's fiery circumstances can be so overwhelming, but we can be sure that he never leaves us alone in the fire. The enemy knows that God wants to preserve you in the fire. He knows that. So he causes the fire to be more intense so you'll give up in the midst of it. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace, it had been heated up seven times hotter than usual. When the fire is that hot, baby, only faith will make you walk into it to encounter the preserving presence of God. God wants to deliver you in the fire before he moves you out of it. The difficulty may be that you have not even yet learned to walk freely with him in the fire. You have to learn to be in the presence of God, even in the midst of adversity. Man, you'll be amazed. When you learn that, you'll be saying stuff like, man, ain't this strange? I can breathe in here. Wow, look, my clothes are not burned. I'm not even perspiring. I should be consumed, but I'm walking around in the thing that should be destroying me. How? Through prayer. Seeking the Lord, reading his word, praising God even when you don't feel like it. You just stay in God's face even though there's trouble, there's, there's a fire, there's, there's storms, there's issues, there's situations and circumstances and all that's going on. But a God, I, I'm still running to you. I, I'm not going to run away from you. And sometimes we even need to repent. But here's something that I did learn. When I'm in the midst of it, I just ask God, what do you want me to learn from this? What do you want me to see? God, what is it you want me to see? What do you want me to recognize? As I wait on his answer, the Bible says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Then it's time for a, if he does, and if he doesn't praise, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, 
that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. If he does or if he doesn't praise. You got to praise God in the good times, in the bad times. If God moves on our behalf, that's okay. If he doesn't move, I'm still all right. God's preserving grace got me. He got you. He got us. The preserving grace of God. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian followers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as they reflect on the love of God and the word of God. You know, it's one thing to say we love Jesus and we're going to follow him, but it's another thing to get up and do it. The question is, how can we do it well? The second goal of this podcast is to develop a deeper interest in and understanding of the Bible. Third, to encourage believers in Christ to not accept mediocrity. To encourage believers in Christ not to accept mediocrity, but instead to strive to reach their fullest potential in Christ. If you are looking for the power to endure challenges of our Christian life, live through temptations in our culture, and gain insight and wisdom for decision making and deepen your walk with God, join us every week and listen to this podcast. Do yourself a favor and subscribe now.